Was that always there? I don't know. Never really thought about it. Just maybe I ought to pay a little bit more attention to what's going on around me. Seems like a pretty good idea. I think I'll do that. My name is Phil, and this is The Lip. Hey everyone, it's Phil. Coming back at you again. The month of January has been so far so good. Hopefully things continue. Hopefully everybody else is having a good start to their year as well. I know we're around the midway point, but I figured it's a good time to evaluate the situation, don't you think? Seems like you can pretty much take the temperature of the year early on and you can kind of get a direction of which way it's going to go. Hopefully you want it to continue to go in a positive direction. So far, that's what we're looking at at the moment. Of course, as much as I like to be in the gym, I'm that guy who's been studying all the people who go in there with their New Year's resolutions and saying, hey, I want to get back in shape and I'm going to go hit the gym. About this time of the year is when you start to notice that the people who were in there die hard for the last couple of weeks starting to thin out a little bit. Their dedication, not quite what it was at January 1st, but the good thing is, for those people who are actually willing and ready to make those steps, they're going to hang in there till the end. And I've noticed in the five years since I've been back in the gym that around this time is exactly when that drop-off starts. But for those people who can somehow survive this first month, I've noticed that they keep going. And you see those people who weren't familiar faces, and then all of a sudden... After June, July, August, you realize, hey, these people are still here. They're not going anywhere. They're part of the group now. And they sort of hang in there and hang tough, which is always a good thing. On that note, my personal working out has changed slightly, but I didn't mention it earlier. All this time, I've known about training blocks. And this year, I've decided that I'm going to break up the entire year into training blocks two-month training blocks where I'm going to vary my workouts as opposed to where I would usually go in with my random thoughts and say, okay, I know I'm going to do legs today. So now I'm going to walk through the door and decide, all right, it's heavy. No, it's going to be high rep. Nah, I'm going to keep it mid-range. Not anymore. I'm going to be real focused, almost completely dialed in on what I'm going to do. And... On that note, I'm going to make sure that I keep this up and see what it looks like at the end of the year. Perhaps somewhere around June, I might give a six-month update and maybe even do a whole workout show again just to let you know how my progress has been going. But now, as far as shows are concerned, this show is about observations. I know that many comedians have made millions upon millions of dollars just with their simple observations of what they see making jokes of things that are actually happening. And a lot of times it's really kind of funny. And so I thought to myself, you know what? Let me just stop and see what I'm actually paying attention to as I'm walking down the street every day or just driving down the road. Stuff that's just sort of mundane, but when you really think about it, it pops out at you and it says, hey, you know what? Let me take a second look at that because does that really make any sense? Some people think, oh, it must make sense because it's sitting there. But, you know, just because it's sitting there doesn't mean it makes sense entirely. So I'm going to talk to you about some of those things that I've noticed just in general. 
as day-to-day life goes on, you'll start to realize it too, if you really pay attention, that certain things happen and you don't quite understand why they happen. And even after it's over with, you don't even really think about it very much. And that's where my focus is going to be. Those little things that happen all the time, or even just things that you just notice out of the blue, but you realize, hmm, I never really thought about what was going on here. It'll make your day a little more interesting if you really stop and think about it for just a little bit. I think that you'll be almost as entertained as I am about the fact that some of these things I noticed, and one of the things, my uh, last co- uh, one of my co-hosts, um, Aurora, my daughter, she picked this one up, and I thought about it after she said it, and wow, she really had something there. So I want to talk about that one too. All right. I think that I've rambled on bad enough for this particular uh, warm-up segment here, and I hope that you're ready with your eyes peeled and wide open and ready to see the things that I've seen, and hopefully you'll think about some of the stuff that you've seen. Ding, ding, ding. It's time for the main event. First thing I'm going to talk about is the observation that I found a few weeks ago. Because it's something that just happened. I think it's, um, eh, I don't know. The jury is still in on it for me. Personally, I just don't understand why they did it. It seemed like everything was cool with it. You know those big blue mailboxes that are out all over the city and all over the country? Just so happens that the one that was across the street from my house that we used to drop off, you know, uh, at this point in time, you don't really send any bills in there, but... We had a lot of thank you cards because of the birthday seasons that was coming around. And so we had to use the mailbox, or I had to put some stuff in the mail, I should say. Now, the last time I had dropped off any mail into the mailbox, it had one of those handles that you pull down, drop the mail in the slot, and you close it, and then you move about your business. For some strange reason, the postal service thought that it would be a good idea to mess with my head. Instead of having the little handle on the mailbox that you pull down and you drop your letters inside, now that's gone. It's a totally different setup now. It's got a weird slot, just a slot. There is no handle that you pull down. It's just a slot. Now, to some people, you would think, oh, that's okay, it's fine. To me, I'm like, eh, I kind of like putting my letters on that little on that handle and watching them drop down and you can hear them hit the bottom. Now, only because, of course, at this day and age, there's really nothing in the mailbox anymore. But now it's not the same, because this little slot has a um, a setup in it where you can put the mail inside, and it hits a set of rollers. And when it hits the rollers, it then goes in. It's sort of the anti-theft device that's on it now. So you can't really hear the mail hit the bottom, and to me, that's a little strange. I would like that, that gratification to know. That my letter absolutely is in the bottom of the mailbox. I mean, heck, with this little wheelie thing that's going on there, who knows? It could be an automatic shredder. You stick it in there, just as you push the letter through, who knows? It could be just shredding your letter all the way up. Who knows? Impossible to tell. That's just an observation that I noticed on this mailbox, and it kind of bothers me a little bit. Because, like I said, you don't know. It could be, who knows, what's down there now. It could be a bottomless pit that we're not noticing. I mean, it's impossible to tell. Could be a whole little incinerator once you open up that mail and put that mail through that slot it turns on the flame and then the, the letter burns up before it hits the bottom i mean 
at least you knew with the little slot gimmick and you put the mail on top and you dropped it in with the handle and you could hear it hit the bottom at least you know that it was actually getting into the mailbox maybe i'm overthinking it i don't know what do you think eh, i like it the way it used to be okay here's another one that i find funny that most people don't realize everybody in this general area goes to a convenience store here or there doesn't matter which one it is it's they're all relatively the same anymore they all have the same quick drinks and food that you can go pull up from anywhere it's really irrelevant doesn't make any difference but the one thing that seems to be commonplace with all these places is the front door entrance it's one of my favorite parts of these things. And it's a little observation that nobody really thinks about or cares about a lot of times because you just usually got something on your mind when you're going in these places because it's a stop between the stop that you're actually trying to go. Very rarely is it the actual destination that you're trying to get to overall. And so your mind is not always eh, focused all the way on going to the convenience store that you're at so the observation that i've gotten everybody's going to know this as soon as i say it they're going to pop in their mind you ever notice how when there's more than one person going in or out either direction doesn't matter which one everybody always stops everybody always holds the door open for somebody else and there's always a thank you sometimes it's a person who's next to you and you're both going in one person holds the door the person goes in and then they hold the door for the other person and there's a whole thank you fest, thank you, thank you, thank you, back and forth. And it works that way all the time. And it works people coming into the place and people going out. The same deal will happen. Sometimes it stops traffic for a second because the person going out holds the door for a few extra seconds to try to let the person coming in come in. But at the same time, the person who's going in is trying to hold the door open for the person going out. That creates that strange dichotomy of, who should go first? You almost don't want to be rude and be the person to take that step. But truth be known, somebody's got to do it. If not, like nobody's ever going to exit or enter the building again because you're just going to be stuck there in time and just trying not to budge because you don't want to be that person. But eventually somebody does and they continue about their day and nobody even thinks about it. It's one of my favorite phenomenons because it doesn't even matter. You could be literally on the phone with somebody and somebody's you walk up to the door you open it up there's a person behind you you immediately stop your conversation cold turkey doesn't matter who you're talking to the president of the united states or it could be um i don't know one of the the head of the joint chiefs of staff or you could be talking to your boss at the factory or your best friend your wife your mother doesn't matter you completely stop that whole conversation for what seems to be almost an eternity in order to tell the person behind you or the person coming out, okay, I'm opening the door and I'm going to let you go in front of me. Completely, just utterly, underworldly strange. And it's a, it's a, it's a planet all to itself. It's just a weird phenomenon because at the same time, you could be so mad that you're literally about to turn into the Incredible Hulk. But the second that somebody's behind you you immediately turn off all that anger and your focus completely goes to opening the door for that other person it's like without any regard whatsoever you automatically think about that person who is behind you and you've got to let them in you've got to and 
on their same note, they could literally have just hacked apart somebody and they've just washed their hands and they need to go into the store so they can get something to drink because they're tired. And they stop and they make sure that once they go through the door before you go in, they want to hold that door open so that you can get in too. It's a weird thing. I don't understand it. But no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are in life or at the moment, you have to stop and you have to let that person in or that other person will let you in. And at the same time, like I said, you're going to always reciprocate, especially if you didn't let anybody in when you were on your way in or nobody was going out when you were on your way in. You almost go out of your way without even thinking about it. It's, it's subconscious, but you almost go out of your way to sort of slow walk to the door so you can hold the door open for somebody who's either leaving or somebody who's coming in yourself so that you feel that you've now completed the cycle of the entrance and exit inside the convenience store. And... Like I said, it literally doesn't matter what convenience store we're talking about. You can be talking about, well, everybody's favorite around this place, Wawa, or it could be Royal Farms, or it could be 7-Eleven, or even when I was out farther west, uh, there's a convenience store called Sheets. The same exact phenomenon happened. It didn't make any difference. It was just, okay, this is a convenience store, and this is what we do at a convenience store. We have to stop. We have to let somebody else in. And the courtesy level is always there. I mean, it's just what it is. I can't even imagine a scenario where I would be walking into a convenience store where I either didn't let somebody else go past me while I held the door open for them or that somebody wasn't holding the door open for me. My goodness, I got to the point where even when I'm going to the store, I stop myself and tell the kids, one of them, hold the door open for that person. So I'm beginning the cycle so that they already are trained to continue with it. And it'll never, ever end because it seems like everybody's kid does the very same thing, too. Every adult seems to train their children like that. So as long as there's convenience stores, the phenomenon of holding the door open for the other person will never, ever end. That's just an observation I've come up with on that note. Here's one that makes me laugh a lot. Aurora thought about this. And she just randomly comes up with things every once in a while. And it just so happens that this random thought literally was perfect for the idea of the show. Because when I heard it, I immediately was just enthralled by the idea that I never thought about it. And she just immediately came up with it. Now this is, it's really funny. You know how back in the olden times people would have those shutters on the outside of their door, or their windows, rather. And they would open the window shutters so that they could let light in and all that good stuff like that. They were functional, they were practical, and they were a necessity to keep out the insects and the wind would not be as a big of a problem. You, you know, it was just, it was what they did in order to keep uh, the house a little bit more insulated, I imagine. Turns out that in this day and age, any house you see that has shutters, those shutters are fake. They just mount them on the wall of a house next to the window as a decoration. And that decoration is just that. It's a simple decoration. They sit there. They look nice. They paint it in an accent color to make the house look a lot better. And they usually pop the window. So you look at the window and you go, oh, that's a really nice window. And then you see the shutters and it just sort of flows well when it's done right and the color is proper. But now, the thing that my daughter noticed and I then noticed 
as I was driving down the road was that those shutters, should they have actually been real shutters and not just mounted to the wall, wouldn't actually cover the window if you close them. Hmm. Yeah. They have these decorative shutters and they're hanging on the outside, but if they were real shutters and you attempted to close those shutters, there would be a gap between the, the, the two shutters and it wouldn't completely cover the whole window. So, to make a long story short, it seems like they just wanted to shortcut it. So my thought process is even when you make a model of something, you want to try to have it as accurate as possible. But these shutters, almost every house that you see, the shutters would not make it all the way across to the midway point and cover the actual glass. I don't know why they did it like that, because most people might not think about it, but it, it just seems weird now that I've noticed it and she said it. It's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are we even putting these decorative shutters on there to serve a fake purpose, but even in their fake purpose, they don't have any legitimate seats to them whatsoever. They're completely false. They, they don't even pretend to cover the window. In fact, some houses you see have not just two panes of one pane of glass with the two shutters which would close for a normal window if you were going to if they were functional these shutters actually i've seen some on houses that have not even just one pane but there's three whole panes of glass and it has two decorative shutters so first of all the shutters wouldn't individually cover either of the panes on either side and that one in the middle is completely out so the one that I saw that had the three panes was very, very fascinating because the shutters were probably, if I had to guess without taking a tape measure to them, at least eight to ten inches short of each side of the window, not counting the pane of glass in the middle. So they weren't anywhere near functional, even if they were real. So hypothetically, if someone decided, you know what, maybe I want to just keep these shutters and actually use them as shutters and actually mount them on the window like I'm supposed to. Granted, you consider the window frame itself and you put them up there, you're probably going to be able to, instead of being 8 inches to 10 inches off, you're probably going to be 6 to 8 inches off. So it doesn't work. They're impractical. So, in short about these shutters, we need to do better. As a society when it comes to the shutters we really need to do better i think that perhaps in order to make it slightly more legitimate they need to at least measure up the shutter to the window so that in the strange possibility that they actually were shutters that it would look legit i would be all in favor of having all shutters measured and at least to the point where it looks like if they were real shutters that they would actually cover the window because to me that would just look a little bit more mm, a little bit better to the eye because now that I've, that thought's been put in my head and now that it's probably been put in yours now too after you're listening to me you're not going to look at those shutters the same way either you're going to be looking at them even if for some reason 
that they come close, you'll notice that they really aren't going to close if they were real. And now you probably are going to be looking at every single shutter you see as you're driving down the road and asking yourself the question, hmm, do those shutters actually fit if they were real? And you'll realize that they don't. That's just something that I might have taken a little too far, but it's something I've observed and I've noticed, and it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit, just like the shutters. Here comes another one, one that I find real fun, considering that I was going to kind of piggyback off of my convenience store deal. At one point in time, I worked at a convenience store, which I always mention all the time. And um, at that store, as a manager, I was at the highest level of trained gas worker at the time. And as a result, I knew about a lot of different things that were going on in the gas pumps. But on that same token, I lived in New Jersey at the time when I was in management at this particular convenience store. And I had intimate knowledge of one of my favorite things that I've observed very clearly at gas stations here in Pennsylvania that I'm living at. What this is, is the fuel shutoff button. Yeah, I see it. It sticks out to me like a sore thumb. Of course it does, because when I was working at the convenience store and I was out by the gas pumps, it was A, my responsibility to know exactly where that button was, and B, push it if the situation required it, being some sort of fire or um, a gas uh, uh, nozzle broke off and fuel was spilling all over the place. The whole purpose of it is exactly that. It's an emergency shutoff. So no fuel would go to any pumps at the station. They would all shut off so that there wouldn't be any residual if, let's say, there was a fire, excuse the pun, we wouldn't be adding fuel to it. And so, now that I've resided in Pennsylvania for the last long time now, almost 14 years, give or take, I've noticed that I keep looking in the direction of these fuel shutoff buttons. They, like I said, they just they pop out to me. Now, in the state of Pennsylvania, like 48 other states, I just don't quite understand the convenience of having someone else pump gas. Everybody has to get out of their car and they have to pump their own gas, which is just a nightmare to me. It'll never, ever, ever, ever come to my mind where I say, oh boy, I want to go pump my own gas. And that's never going to happen. But of course, in Pennsylvania, I'm kind of stuck doing it. Of course, anywhere other than Oregon or my former home and great place, the great Garden State, New Jersey, you got to pump your own gas. So literally, those states, Oregon and New Jersey, are so much ahead of us in a lot of ways because when it's snowing or really hot or the rain is just coming down in buckets, the New Jersey and Oregon citizens get to sit back and relax in their nice dry cars. But now the other 48 of us now have to get out of our car in that horrific weather because of course you know you're going to be literally down to fumes and the gas gauge is going to be wide open 
and you're going to have to get out of your car and pump me gas. I went on a bit of a tangent here. What I'm actually talking about is the shutoff button. Now, on that note, because I have knowledge of the shutoff button, I see it all the time, again, but when I look around at everybody else who's pumping their gas, they're not paying any attention to it. And some part of me feels that they should, and only for safety factors alone, but it's really not their responsibility or job to know it. But of course, that kind of makes the element of danger in some ways, because now if there is some sort of fire, the only thing that people got to do is just run for their lives, leave their car or kids who are inside their cars and just go, right? Now, I would look for that button. If I saw even a little spark going on, I'd hit that button, and i pretty much try to keep an eye on it every single time I go to a gas station. It's usually very clearly marked. A lot of times, they're in between each of the uh, the gas pumps themselves, or there's just one main button that's usually located either in the middle of the middle gas pump area or off to the side somewhere. But it's there. It's definitely there. And the good person that I am would be the person who would be on the Channel 6 News having saved the lives of probably hundreds of people, the people who were in the building, the people who were driving by the building, and everybody at the gas pump because I would hit the button. And having that observation makes me, I would say, hmm, I don't know, I guess somebody who could actually spring into action if the situation called for it. But on the other hand, hmm, you know what would be kind of fun? Messing with people. In George Carlin's role, it would be. Knowing I know where that button is, wouldn't it be a lark if I would run over to that button, hit it, and all of a sudden people try to pump their gas and absolutely nothing happened? And I would just be standing by, what's wrong? I don't know. Drive away after I pump mine. <laughs> but of course, that would be doing people dirty. Not that I would want to do that all the time. All the time, anyway. But. I find that button is something that everybody should kind of be cognizant of on a serious note because you literally could be able to save the lives of people around if you see that there's a fire happening or something that's not right, fuel going all over the place where it shouldn't be. If you hit that button, it would turn off all the pumps. It wouldn't just turn off the one that's there. It would turn them all off. And it could literally save people's lives. And I think that's an observation that everybody really ought to keep their eyes on. Look for that fuel shutoff switch. And it's, like I said, it's usually just a button because they don't want you to be jacking around, moving things around. It's just a boom, quick push. And you hit that button and it turns everything off. On that note, I believe that the main event has come to a close. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, folks, it's time once again for the Spear of the Week. I believe that there are two candidates for the Spear of the Week this time. Two individuals who would certainly be making life more difficult for everyone else. The first individual would be the person who just blows right through at the convenience store and doesn't attempt to be a part of the whole keeping the door open formation and faction that we all have. That person absolutely deserves to be speared right through a table, and potentially even better still, perhaps the table could be on fire. Because that's just not cool. Everybody does it. They're all brainwashed in order to do it. So why is this person trying to break the mold? That person 
gets a spear without question. The other person who could get a spear of the week would actually be myself, because the fact that I came up with and thought that it would be funny to turn off the fuel shutoff switch after I've pumped my own gas, eh, kind of dirty. But I'm going to say revenge for New Jersey. Revenge for New Jersey. Revenge for New Jersey. Nobody should have to pump their own gas. Least of all, me. On that note, that has been the Spear of the Week. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Turns out that this show is about to get wrapped up. Strangest part about it is, this one kind of went a lot faster than I thought it was going to thought there was a little bit more meat on the bone although i enjoyed doing this show don't get me wrong but i thought that just maybe just maybe i would have had a little bit more going on there but i think when it comes down to it i got my point across and that's really what i needed to do if you think that this episode was good let me know on twitter you know pissed phil two l's instagram philip henderson 5102. Always loving to get feedback. As much of it as I can. Keeps me strong, as they say. Gives me the will to go on. Everybody needs that, right? But, in truth, it is definitely a little bit shorter episode than I've been having out lately. But, that's okay, because I think that the next one coming out could, in fact, be a little bit on the long side. So, I'm going to go on the fact that I'm going to say I'm saving your palate for the next one coming up. Because the next one is going to be almost as fun for me personally as this one was. I hope that it's going to be as fun for you. But we won't know until next week when you listen to it. That episode is going to be Connecting the Dots. Yeah, Connecting the Dots. Somewhat conspiracy theory laden, but... I'm not going to go conspiracy theory all the way. I'm simply going to look at things for what they are, and I'm going to just put these dots in an arrangement that I've noticed that just so happens to look like they're coming to a certain conclusion. Now, this is simply me, and me alone, who has come up with this particular positioning of these dots in order to come up with this exact, how can I put it, thought process of how these dots connect. You may agree, you may not agree. That's what makes it so interesting, because by me connecting these dots, at least at the very least, you can have an opportunity to decide for yourself whether or not you think that I connected them in the way that they should be, or... Or, 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 I'm just losing my mind and I'm not really seeing the forest or the trees. But, who knows? You'll have to tell me next week after you hear it. Connecting the dots. Now, on that note, it's been fun. My name is Phil and you've just listened to The Lip. Wow, I really dropped the ball here can't even believe I'm doing this. I already closed up the show, but now I'm opening it back up only because I made a major blunder. I didn't give you people the words of wisdom that you need to carry yourself on through the next day and the next week and the next show. So here they come, because clearly these words, they pretty much describe what I've done right now. Apparently, 
my bag of tricks has a hole in the bottom. And I just let the words of wisdom fall right through it. Once again, my bag of tricks has a hole in the bottom. Hmm. Terrible shame. All right. This is actually the ending now. Go about your day. Enjoy your life. Till next time. This is Phil, and you've just listened to The Live.